I read an article this week entitled The Top 5 Priorities in Life That You Don't Want to Lose Track Of. And those top five are these. Number one, family. Number two, friends. Number three, love. Number four, your calling. And number five, health. You think those are top five pretty good ones that we prioritize? When you think of it, uh, it family is a top priority. Uh, it's your family that you have a strong bond with. It's, a, it's your family that you can rely on. It's your family when everything else is going wrong, you can go back to them because you can count on them. And so naturally we don't want to lose sight of family. We want to invest our time, our energy into our family to strengthen those bonds. And quite frankly, generally, those are the bonds we want to develop stronger. Friends is, are along the same lines, right? A good friend is hard to come by. A friend that you can trust is hard to come by. A friend that, that you like to hang out with, that you can talk to, that you feel like you can open up to, that's hard to come by. And so when you find a good friend, you invest in them. And you want to invest in them. You want to put your time and energy into that person. Love? What would the world be without love? A pretty dark place, right? It would be a dark place. When you don't have love in your life, when you don't give love in your life, life seems to be kind of meaningless. It seems to be down. It's depressing. Love is important. Your calling is important. This can be anything. It can be from your career. It can be your calling as a mother, as a father, as a husband, a wife. It could be your calling for whatever. It could be you name it. But it's that thing that makes you wake up in the morning and drives you. It's a thing that you are passionate about. It's the thing that you find fulfillment in. It's your calling. It's what you leave a legacy with. It's your purpose. It's your meaning. You find it all in your calling. And then finally, health. They say that health is the new wealth, right? You can have all the money in the world. You can have all the things of the world. But if you don't have health, you're not going to be able to enjoy those things. And so health is now the new wealth. It, it's one of the most important things in your life. And so as you look at these top five, what would you say is your number one? Maybe you look at them and you say, well, you know what? Um, my number one isn't actually up there. My number one is blank. Maybe you look at this list and you say, I can't pick. I, I love all of them. And that's probably true. You can love all of them. But in our hearts, there's only room for one number one. Only one number one. Our hearts have a top spot for only one thing. And so it's no wonder that Jesus says our very first request in prayer should be what? Hallowed be your name. We are walking through this series called Best Prayer Ever. Last week we looked at the address. Who are we talking to in prayer? When we come before God, who are we talking to? And what's it? Our Father in Heaven. Our Father in Heaven. It's that relationship of a father and a child that we have with our God as we approach Him in prayer. 
Today, we look at the very first request Jesus says. There are so many things vying for that number one position in our heart. There are so many things that, uh, that want that top position, and we want to have that top position, that Jesus says the number one petition, the number one request. Let's start with saying, Hallowed be your name. We're in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. This then, Jesus says, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. What are we even saying with hallowed be your name? Hallowed be your name. Well, let's first start with your name. What are we asking God when we're talking about His name? Some of the names for God? Jesus, Lord God Almighty, the Alpha and the Omega, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the list can go on and on and on, right? And yet those are just titles. A name is more than just a title, right? For instance, when you hear Stephen Apt, you don't think, oh, Stephen, it comes from the Greek Stephanus, which means crown. So when I hear Stephen, I think crown. You don't think that. At least I hope not. <laughs> you think of more than the title, right? You think of everything that comes with it. Maybe you think pastor. Maybe you think friend. Maybe you think, uh, well, Anne would think husband. Lily will eventually think dad. I hope and pray that you think loving, Christian, someone who helps. That all comes with the title, right? That's the reputation that comes with the title and it makes up a name. In the same way, when we're talking about God's name, we're not just talking about the titles. We're talking about the reputation that comes with those titles. We're talking about who God is. We're talking about the Alpha and the Omega, the God that is the beginning and the end. We're talking about Jesus, the God who saves. We're talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one who chose the Jewish nation to bring the Savior into the world. We're talking about the Lord God Almighty, the Lord who is God and the Almighty, the all-powerful God. This is everything that's wrapped up in God's name. It's who God is. In other words, what we're asking is, hallowed be you, God. Be you, your reputation, you, who you are. Hallowed be you. But what does hallowed mean? I don't, I don't think any of you have used that word in a single conversation except for when you pray the Lord's Prayer. If so, I would be completely shocked. But what does hallowed mean? Hallowed means to revere something, to set it apart, to be the, the supreme being. And I think the best way to show you what this means is to show you this clip. That is what hallowing something means. And so what we are asking in this prayer is God help us to revere the hallowed and not the hollow. Revere the hallowed, the most hallowed thing and not the hollow. What did we see from Cameron's dad? It is his love. It is his passion. He described it as he loves this thing more than life itself. A car that is made to drive. He doesn't drive. He just 
wipes it with a diaper. This is hallowing something. This is setting something apart as the most supreme thing in your life. What we are asking in this prayer is, God, help us to do that with who you are. Help us to do that with who you are. The hallowed, the most holy thing, the most supreme thing. Let us set you apart as that in our life. And so the question that we need to wrestle with this morning is what's the most hallowed thing in your life? We know what the right answer is. We know that the answer should be God. But is it? <clears throat> Two questions that we can ask ourselves to help us identify what uh, the most hallowed thing in our life is. Number one, when you daydream, what do you daydream about? When you daydream, what do you daydream about? And then number two, what is it that you, you are praying for? What is it you are praying for? Do you know what we find? A lot of times, those two questions are connected in some way, shape, or form. What we daydream about, we oftentimes find ourselves praying a lot about. Don't get me wrong. It's not love to love other things. It's not. But what has that most hallowed place in your heart? Is it your schedule that you're daydreaming about all the time? Is it your kids' events? Is it your job? Your career? Is it your bank account? Your finances? Is it your retirement? Is it sports? A hobby? Is it uh, uh, the love of your life and finding the love of your life? Is it what's your next stage? What's your next move in life? Is it your business success and, and where you're going next with that? What do you find yourself daydreaming about? Because a lot of times what you'll find is that you're praying a lot about it. And when, you're, when that's the case, when it's the number one in your heart, we have a, an order problem. Like I said, it's not wrong to love these things that I just listed. But when they take the most supreme spot in our hearts, then it's no wonder that we don't enjoy prayer. Then it's no wonder that our prayer life is inconsistent. Then it's no wonder that, that we don't know what to say in prayer. When God isn't the most supreme in our hearts, do you know when we pray? Only when the most important thing, the most supreme thing in my heart is threatened. Is threatened. If God's not the most supreme being in my heart, do you know what my prayer life looks like? God bless my most holy, hallowed thing. Protect my most hallowed thing. Give me my most hallowed thing. We treat the Almighty God as our Almighty Genie. And that's what our prayer life looks like. When God isn't the most supreme in our hearts, the most hallowed, it's no wonder we don't enjoy prayer. And no, it's no wonder we don't think prayer works. Because we ask for something and we expect the Lord God to be all, our Almighty Genie. I don't want you to get the wrong impression. God wants you to ask for things. He wants you to bring requests to Him. But 
He also wants that number one place in our heart. St. Augustine was a theologian who lived 300 years after Jesus. And, and he said it's not a love problem. It's not a, whether we love something or, or we don't love something. He said it's an order problem, right? It's an order problem. And when God isn't our number one love, when He's not the most hallowed thing in our life, what happens? It's no wonder we're unhappy. It's no wonder we're discontent. It's no wonder that we have a lack of relationship with God. And I'll add one more. It's no wonder that we have a lack of prayer life. When God isn't the most hallowed thing in our life, everything else kind of crumbles apart. And so Jesus says, as you come to God in prayer, first address Him as your Father, because you're able to meditate on that relationship. He is my Father. I am His child. What does that mean? How did this all happen? Oh, glorious day. And then the number, first, number one first request, keep you number one in my life, Lord. Father, keep you in the top supreme position of my heart, because there are so many things trying to pull at that number one spot. Are you seeing how the first commandment is tied in with this petition? The first commandment, you shall have no other gods. And what are we praying? Father, keep you in that top position. Let your name be set apart, revered. Let me hallow you, not the hollow things in my life, but let me hallow you. Set you apart and revere you as number one. But not only is the first commandment tied in, we see the second commandment too, right? The second commandment is, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And so the second thing we're asking in this prayer is, Father, help me revere the hallowed through your life. Help us revere the hallowed through your life. John was an apostle of Jesus. He was one of Jesus' closest disciples. Uh, and he was the one who lived the longest. All the other disciples were put to death. John died of natural causes. Uh, and he died uh, around 90, 100 A.D. 90 A.D., he writes a letter called 1 John, 60 years after Jesus. And here's what John says. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. John is still amazed at who he is in God. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. It still amazes him that he's a child of God. But that is what we are, because the Father has lavished his love on us. We talked about this last week, but in our baptism, what did God do for us? He adopted us into His family, right? As that water washes over our head, and the pastor says what? I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. You get baptized into God's family, your sins are washed away, and God says, you're now mine. I've just adopted you. You're my child. My last name is yours. You have my last name. And we get to carry around the name Christian. God's name on us. And we ask God that His name be set apart, revered, glorified through our life. 
There's a story of a mom who went to the grocery store with her four-year-old daughter and they're walking through the grocery store and uh, they get to an aisle where the mom needed to grab a box. She goes to grab the box and what does she see? She sees a coupon right next to it for the off-brand version. And so before just grabbing it and putting it in her cart, she grabs the off-brand version and she's reading the box, reading the label to make sure that uh, there's no allergens that her family would, would have because of it. And as she's reading, all of a sudden there's a tap on her shoulder. Uh, excuse me, miss. And she turns and it, it's a woman and she goes, does that girl belong to you? And the mother turned and there her daughter stood in the middle of the grocery store completely naked. <laughs> her daughter had taken all of her clothes off and was standing there naked. And the mother just hung her head immediately and with an embarrassed tone said, yes, she belongs to me. When God looks at us, we have our, our, His name on us. What does He see? Does he see children who are glorifying, honoring, and bringing praise to his reputation, his name? Or does he see someone when, that causes him to fall, his head to fall and say, yes, that one's mine? You see, we have the opportunity to glorify God's name through our life, to hallow his name through our life. And so what do people see when they look at our lives? Do they see love? Do they see grace? Do they see mercy? When you're at your kid's school, what do parents hear you say? What do they see you do? Do, they, do, do people hear you complaining about your life all the time or do they hear you giving thanks because the Father has blessed you so incredibly much? When they look at you, do they say, wow, they're a Christian? Or do they say, yeah, that person's a Christian. Makes sense. They are glorifying and honoring their God. You're starting to see why this petition, this request, is right at the beginning. Because it is a struggle. It is a struggle that we face every day. It's a struggle, one, to keep God in the number one place in our heart. And it's a struggle to live out that faith so that His name is hallowed in our lives. It's a struggle. And so we pray, Lord, keep you number one because everything else will not last. Everything else is hollow. Our relationships, our things, our careers, it'll all be gone one day. The only thing that lasts is your relationship with God. And so, Lord, keep you number one in my heart. And then help me to glorify your name through my life. Do you know what else this petition does? It gives us an opportunity to reflect and have a greater appreciation for Jesus. Think of this. Jesus, God himself, came to earth and for 33 years lived like you and me. The Bible says he was tempted in every way that we are except was without sin. So for 33 years, Jesus was under the constant attack to do what? To let God the Father fall from number one in his heart. And yet he never did. God the Father was his passion. God the Father was his love. God the Father was supreme in His heart. And Jesus made it His business to do what? To glorify the Father's name. 
In everything he did, he wanted to bring glory and honor to God the Father and, and to revere him, to hallow his name in front of everybody. Even to the point of going to the cross. Think about this for a second. We said that God's name is more than just the title, right? It's the reputation that goes along with that. <clears throat> for 2,000 years before Jesus came, what did God continue to tell his, his people? God continued to say about himself, I am a just God who punishes sin, but I'm also a forgiving God who's loving and compassionate and merciful. How can these two exist? How can God say, I, I punish sin and the sinner, but also I'm a forgiving God? If God just overlooks sin, then He's not a just God. If He punishes sin, then He's not a forgiving God. God's reputation is a just God and a forgiving God. How does this work? Jesus says, I love your name so, so much. I love who you are so great, God, that Father, I'm going to glorify your name and make that true. And it led him to the cross. And at the cross, we see God's reputation carried out. We see God's reputation is true. There we see a just God who punishes the sins of the world on his one and only Son. All of your sins, all of my sins, the punishment for the entire world's sins, taken out on Jesus. But there at the cross of Christ, what do we see? We see God's a loving God, a forgiving God, who, who through the punishment of His Son, who through the death of His Son, looks at you and says, your sins are forgiven. You are my child. You are holy, perfect, blameless in my sight because of my Son. You see, Jesus said, I'm going to glorify your name, Father. I'm going to glorify who you are and I'm going to uphold your name in my life. I'm going to hallowed be your name in my life in every aspect. And he upheld the reputation of God so that God is this just God. But he's also a forgiving God. He's the God that we love. He's the God that, of course, we want to have number one in our hearts. He's a God that we are passionate about, that we love, that we want to be the supreme being in our life. So, of course, we want to pray, hallowed be your name. Let's close with a prayer this morning as we address our Heavenly Father and we make this statement, this petition, ours. Let's pray. Father in heaven, what an unbelievable message uh, that you have for us that you are our Father and that you've adopted us as your children in baptism. There you washed us completely uh, free of sin. There you've uh, made us your child and given us your last name. Today, Father, we ask that you uh, let your name be revered in our life, that we let your name be hallowed in our life, that you are number one, supreme in our heart, that we ask that you be our passion, that you send your Holy Spirit into our hearts so that you are the number one love in our life, and that uh, through your Spirit, he helps us to hallow your name through our life uh, so that others may glorify your name as well, so that when they look at us, they say, uh, yep, they're Christian. It's a no-brainer. Be with us today as we carry this out. Be with us uh, as we fail and build us up with your love and forgiveness uh, so that we don't despair, but that we know that we rest securely in that love and forgiveness. We ask this all through Jesus' name. 
Amen.